0: Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Backstage Pass. I'm your host, Vince Edwards. You may know me from Sound Image Productions. We also have a couple closed Facebook groups, one called The Backstage Pass, another one called Death by Loadout. Come over and check us out. We have a lot of fun there. Off to my right, I have my good, good friend, Kyle Thomas. How are you doing, brother?
1: Not too bad, big dog. How about yourself?
0: Well, you know, we've been keeping real busy for a company that's not doing a lot of shows.
1: <laughs> we sure have. <laughs> We've
0: we had a lot of people coming in and out. We had um what is it? My my heavy memory in here earlier, the, the metal band and
1: we um, got to see Paulie and his little puppy.
0: I I love Paulie. Paulie S-I-R, uh studio instrument rental Paulie. Uh, and he's got a little dog Norm. Uh just f- friends for 30 years. Great guys and happens to also be the drummer of my heavy uh, memory. They're going to do a set in here. We're going to capture them. and him back out to the world. Um, talk to us about what's new. We've been getting a lot of shit in the mail.
1: We sure have. Yeah,
0: and we sure appreciate
1: it. We got some records in. Tell us about it. Oh, this gentleman sent us a nice signed Cage the Elephant social cues.
0: That's Andrew Ripple sent that to us from Q Prime
1: in New York. You see how nice that is? It's pretty great. It's going to be played several times. We'll see if we'll try not to wear it out. And uh, I think you also got this, this beautiful CD as well.
0: That's Volbeat, uh, Outlaw Gentlemen and Shady Ladies. Great, great album. And he also sent us a poster, I believe, from Metallica, Uh, these are all signed items
1: yeah the Metallica I just didn't want to pull it out because it's so nice we want to set it up so we actually put it into our big love benefit project so
0: it says some kind of monster poster we thank you Andrew thank you very much uh we're gonna use that hey listen we love signed swag and we really appreciate it but I think the best way to go forward with some of this stuff is to we've got this big love uh benefit concert coming up here in December uh, where we're lining up a bunch of artists, I've talked to it about it a few times. Uh, I think we will donate those in your names as auction items to gather money for stagehands and relief for the folks in our industry that need it. So we thank you a great deal. Thank you very much. And also, uh, we got something from, let's see, from George Donkin, which is the system of the down sign That's poster. Right. Which is a really killer post. Now this one I'm struggling with a little bit. This one I kind of want to keep in my collection because I got a. <laughs> everybody can tell you I got 150 of those things signed and, and framed, um, and that one is pretty special. But in the spirit of keeping with the uh, benefit and um, helping out our brothers and sisters, that one will also be donated, George, for in your name to this to the Big Love Benefit Concert that situation. Very we, thoughtful, yeah, in the <clears throat> order. yeah, really cool, brother. Thank you. Um, we also get. Stuff from our various uh, uh, brothers and sisters out there. Quint, uh, Clint Winsley, of dear, dear brother of ours, sent us... Talk to him, man. What, what did he send us? Oh, dude. He sent us a 3.5 split... So you got to uh, see,
1: Vinny <laughs> threw Clint that at splinter, me and was like, kid, what do you make of this? I did <laughs> it's that. like the coolest headphone splitter I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> it's very clever, Clint. Thank you, brother. And he also think, because he's down on um, his friend's farm, a... Uh, a batch, a big bag of uh, organic, freshly cured raisins that were terrific. And this, because he's with Crew Music Asia um, and has all those properties in Asia, uh, he has to unfortunately stay away from. He sent us some, I believe this is some kind of Asian good luck deal. Thank you, my brother. And then there's these Asian coins that have some traditional value and benefit that, I'm not completely sure he'll send me a note and tell me more about it. Um, Very
1: thoughtful of you, man. Thank
0: yes, you. yes, yes. We want to wish everybody a happy uh, Halloween
1: that's coming. Yeah. Out. Do you see the candles in front of we us? Got these We're candles. trying to get festive. We no. got a nice pumpkin background. Is there a pumpkin background? There might be the, a pumpkin. The candles background. came from our dear friend Tim
0: O'Connor from the Doobie Brothers. And he thought they'd be a good uh, addition to the, to the set. And we thought they'd be... A, he gave them to us last week, and we thought they kind of made sense for the Halloween festival sure holiday. So thank you, Tim O'Connor, for hooking us up. You're a true brother. And he's been hooking us up with some other ways lately. He did a benefit for us this weekend for autism, using our gear, and Shauna Hall, and he went out and took care of that. That totally fucking brother thing. Very cool. Thank you, Tim O'Connor. Yeah, and, of course, him. we want to send love to Charlie's Ricky, my big, big brother... Uh, A brother from another mother, really. I really uh, dig this person. A huge fan. Uh, Thank you, Charlie, for all you do for us. And I hope that you're feeling good, my friend. Uh, And Pat O'Doul, you uh, sent a note about some stuff you got in your swag bag. Um, (laughs) Pat, you sent me the cards, right? So I didn't send you a standard swag box. I threw a little something extra in there. So that... um, that little uh, hand sanitizer called maybe you touch the genitals that came from, that was swag that came off a of perfect circle to her right before the, this all faded out that we did this uh, end of last year. And I had it up on my wall and thought it was funny. And then I wanted to throw some extra stuff in. So I thought it would be perfect for you. And yes, of course I know you've been off work for eight months and probably real hands-on. So I just thought it was a good thing. So uh, all my love brother. Uh- <laughs> Anything you'd like to add to the? uh, I think we got uh, Winston Dama in here with Chris. Yeah, he's behind the curtain right now. I just, I've been 20 feet over there behind the curtains uh, studying on the uh, S6L.
1: Oh, yes. Well, you remember the fiasco of trying to set up our monitor world more efficiently. I finally got those PSM 1000 racks together. Then we realized, oh well we gotta move the console and clean things up, which required us to move that huge rack
0: <laughs> and we call cable I think we call that thing benzilla. It's thirty five hundred pounds of death. Thirty five hundred pounds <laughs> of death. It's hideous and Yeah, we couldn't, because we've got all this gear up and all this staging and shit around. We couldn't get our forklift back there. So we, what was it, six guys? Manhandled. Yeah, we just threw a pallet jack underneath it and took six guys, and we made it move. (laughs) And so we did. But what you did with Monitor World turned out great. I mean, it really is clean now. And, you know, there's a a butt ton of cable around the building right now, and we're trying to make safe spaces for people to walk and look professional. And we've achieved that in one corner. So... (laughs) So we're proud of that. (laughs) Thank you. We'll start Uh, with one. We'll work on the rest. (laughs) Right, right, right. And I want to say again, thank you to my friends for providing a a kind reminder. Kind reminder. These sons of bitches, I swear. (laughs) Get off my back. You know I'm not going to quit. Listen, we are always trying to Bring in new and interesting guys. I know you've had a relationship over the phone with this gentleman. I know a lot of our friends have a relationship with him in, in person and, and largely over the phone because he's the get you out of trouble guy when it comes to uh, Avid products, and he uh, he's the guy they call. And a good friend and a good man. He was the valedictorian at his audio school. He's a smart fucker. He's, he's got big brain. Uh, <laughs> he hosted over 200 hours of online courses uh, uh, that we're going to get into. And I'm going to hear about that. Part of a team at Avid that developed the S6L, and it is one of their main troubleshooting deal with the the public guys on that. Uh, plus, he also is a front of house for Justin Bieber. He's been assistant front of house for Black Sabbath, Jesse J's front of house, um, Tuvlo, many, many more. We are really very lucky to have him in the house tonight. It is the one and only Ryan O'John. How are you, sir?
2: Fantastic, and, it's, yeah. Just, just, just happy to be here.
0: It's, it really is an absolute pleasure. I don't know how many times I've been standing with Brad, Brad Maddox, or with Gregory, or many of the guys, and they're like, "God damn it, I'm stuck," and they're like, "There's only one thing they can do. They got to call you." <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I don't mind it at all, though, to it's, be honest. Like, it's you know, wonderful. We, we, all the engineers, myself, we all kind of have a similar headspace, and you know, we all want to make the gig work. We want to make it happen, right? So, yeah. if somebody calls me and it's you know one in the morning my time, you know, it might still be right before their show in their time zone, right? So, right. they need the help. I'll I'll try and help as best I can. If I can't, I'll say, hey, here's a guy at support. I'm going to call him and have him call you so you don't have to go through this whole queue of <laughs> however support works. You know?
0: That's perfect. They all, well, uh, from what I've seen, more often than not, they come away with the answer and they're off to the races you know, from just talking to you. So
2: Usually it, it's something simple.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I want to ask you real quickly about uh, when I was digging around in your history about this mixing class. You've done, uh, what is it, over 100 episodes or 200 hours or so? What is it called and what's, what's it con- consist of and where can our audience
2: find this? Yeah, so in 2005, Yes, sir. Um, first of all, I'm surprised you f- you found this dirt on me. <laughs> <laughs> in, in 2005, I moved from New York to California. And when I made that move, I was in the middle of mixing a record. Okay. Uh, I think I had finished maybe five of the 12 songs or something like that. Um, and obviously making that move, I had to break down all my gear and, and all that and It was going to be a while before i could continue on the record so i hit up a good friend of mine who had a studio in boston i said can you take over this record i'm going to give you everything i have including all of my sessions so that you can see all the stuff i did how i treated all the songs and can you finish the record and you know he he did a mix sent it to me and we hopped on the phone and we talked through okay this is what i would do differently this is how i would have approached it because ultimately it all needed to be quite cohesive right Mm -hmm. And then we did it again the following week. Then we did it again the following week. And as it turns out, we kept doing them on Wednesdays. So we started calling this thing Mixed Wednesday. And because we were going through this in such a way where he needed to kind of break down what I had done and I needed to show him what I had done, like specifically what I had done rather than like just tips and tricks or whatever, we would open up the Pro Tools session and we'd have it on a screen that he could see and he could hear Mm -hmm. and I'd be showing him. And we basically came to the conclusion like people would probably get something good out of this like yeah. there's no point in us just doing this for just us so we finished the record and then we decided to turn it into a weekly class and on every wednesday at the time this was 5 p.m pacific time mm-hmm. we'd hop on and we would do an hour or an hour plus where myself my buddy kenny in boston and my buddy dan who at the time was in new york is now in boston mm-hmm. uh, both whom now work for isotope and design all their cool plugins. Um, cool. But the three of us, we'd hop on, and we'd have a Pro Tools machine on the screen as well, and we'd talk through cool mixing techniques or stuff that I had done in a record or stuff that they had done in a record, and we'd actually play it and run an example and show people how to do it, where they could actually hear the audio of it. Yeah. To me, that was like actually the most fun part. It's it's one thing when people talk about tips and tricks. It's another thing when you open an example and do it in real time and everyone gets to see it and hear the AD. absolutely.
0: Absolutely. No, that's a, probably way better. I noticed that you had that thing up to about 3,000 followers.
2: Yeah, it was That's a lot. pretty substantial. Yeah, a lot. You were doing good works, man. Yeah, I mean, the the hectic part about it was we were doing it live in real time. And then again, this goes back to 2015. Yeah. So I mean, I guess now everyone's doing everything live in real time streaming. But sure. in 2015, we were just trying to figure out how to make it work. But... On some of the classes, there'd be 300 people watching in real time and asking questions and throwing in comments. And we were trying to like keep up with what they were saying, but at the same time still talking. And like we just hadn't wrapped our head around how to do it. But it turned into pretty cool content. And each class is, I don't know, anywhere between an hour and two hours. Obviously, the two-hour ones were a little bit long-winded. But... Uh, it did end up all archived on YouTube and stuff like that. So if you just look up Mix Wednesday, yeah. It's all there, yeah.
0: Oh fantastic. That's a great resource, people. Mix Wednesday, YouTube, Ryan O. John and his friends. And he really is one of the top guys in the in the field. There'd probably be a lot of good information there. Check it out. Uh you were a valedictorian, commendable at Expressions. Um, I'm an old school guy, I came up hands on, you know, old dudes, you know, telling us what to do, chucking wedges at our heads when we were getting it wrong, you know, chucking, yeah, yeah it was kind of a normal scream and holler and running gun thing. But I know a lot of the folks nowadays come up and they get their their first taste of what we do uh, um, out of schools. Let me ask you, how is going to expression, how is getting an expression um,
2: degree helped your career? Whew, or has it? Uh... Yes and no, yes yeah. and no, right? So yeah. well prior to going there, I, was, I already had basically my own studio in okay. a house. Um, I think I started recording stuff around 98 out of necessity because I wanted to record stuff for my own band. Um, I used to play guitar in a rock band and rock and metal. Yeah. And um, we went to a studio one time. I don't know. I must have been 15 years old. And it was, in my opinion, the coolest experience of my life. Giant board and all this. I was like, wow, this is so cool. and yeah. Listen to the record afterwards, and I was like, this is amazing. But we spent so much money, and you know, back 20 years ago, I wasn't really making a lot, right? I was, sure. I was like in high school, right? Sure. Or actually, I think it was maybe be- before high school. Wow. So you know, for us to go and record more, put out more songs, we were like, oh, we're gonna have to wait another year to do this so we can save up enough money, or we find our way to do it ourselves. So I ended up getting, you know, one of those little Tascam cassette 4-tracks. I know. Do you remember those guys? There was the Tascams and the Fostaxes, and those were the ones. And you could record some stuff, and you could bounce it down to two, and then record some stuff and bounce it down to two, and record some stuff and bounce it down to two. So I ended up starting to record our stuff on that. And then um, at some point, Lexicon, like this is way back, came out with an audio interface. It was a PCI card and four inputs, and that was it. So I got a mixing board, plugged it into that, and I started recording my own band's records. And because my band was putting out records consistently, like every three months, all the other bands around us were like, how how are you guys doing this? How can you afford this? And I was like, oh, I just record it in, in my basement. So all of a sudden, I started recording for all the other bands in Boston. Oh, wow. So then at that point, I went to UMass and started doing a recording degree, but it was super technical. It was literally like how EQs are wired and how it functions, what an inductor does, what a capacitor does, and like that kind of thing. It was super technical. So that's when I decided to go to expression, because expression was a super hands-on degree. It was, you're going to have hours upon hours upon hours on consoles, in front of gear, as opposed to sitting in classrooms and just learning how the physics of this stuff works. Sure. Obviously, going in with physics knowledge really helps. You bet. Because if you know how the the wiring of this thing works, then when it comes to using it, it makes a lot more sense. Yes, sir. Uh, so expression kind of came at the end of the, the path, if you will. But what it did do was surround me by people that had the same kind of passion, but different ideas. And that's pretty insightful. Like, if we're all after the same kind of goal, but everyone comes from a different um, perspective. Sure it really opens up your mind as to, you know, just rather than just thinking this one thing is the right way to do it, you go, oh, maybe that'll work too. Maybe that'll work too. And maybe that'll work too. And then you also get to watch other people do it. Yeah. And getting to watch other people do it, you get to see their successes, their failures. So it's, it's not necessarily just the education itself that was super valuable. It was more just being around people that were also being educated at the same time and brought different perspectives mm-hmm. and then all the hands on time.
0: Makes perfect sense. As I mentioned before, you were a part of the team that uh, at Avid that developed the S6L, uh, which we have. Five, one, two, I think we have two twenty fours, and two, I think we have four of them in the building. Yeah, and and they're going at pretty much all times, either for training or uh, they're mastering in the back or, or whatever. Um, I know that thing is has come out of the gate pretty well uh, Pro Light and Sound. Got, you got Best in Show, Infocom. You got Best in Show and Nam Readers' Choice. For for best board going right now, I
2: I, I think that thing in the first couple of years it was out it won something like three four awards a year and yeah. then since then it's something like one award a year but yeah it's it's been doing pretty well
0: <laughs> yeah uh, what's I mean what's it like what's the process now I don't want to get too far in the weeds and I, I know you really know the nuts and bolts of this but. How does it come up? You, you know, you guys, you, you've seen the, the profile has kind of done it, run the course, and is now the utility board out there that kind of does the, you know, the speaker on a stick and other medium-sized gigs. Yeah. And yeah. you guys decide we need to, we come up with something new. That's you guys all come together and just to work it out. I mean, what's so, the process?
2: So the process of creating a new console is it's a really long process, right? Yeah, I would think. And you gotta base it on a lot of complicated things. There's there's the finance side, there's the uh, requirement side, and and where you're trying to sell it to, right? If we're trying to sell it to corporate only, obviously we don't need 192 channels, right? Sure. Um, but if we're trying to sell it into, you know, concert sound, it has a certain requirement. If you're trying to sell it into theaters, trying to sell it into a house of worship, or even broadcast, all of them have slightly different requirements, right? So you kind of gather all those requirements, and then, this this sounds crude, but, it's, it's a more complicated version of this, but you kind of assign a dollar amount to each of those markets. Sure. And then you go, which one of these requirement sets earns the most, and which is the next, and which is the next? And you kind of stack them all together with a value, if that makes sense. Well, it's sense. a cost-benefit analysis. Yeah, it's exactly sure. that. Yeah. It's a cost-benefit analysis. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Profile at that point had been around for, you know, almost 10 years or whatnot, and... Sure. People were going from, and and Profile, at a certain point, was the desk. Oh, yeah, it was killing it. It was absolutely the desk. And then people started moving away from it because channel (laughs) counts started getting bigger. Requirements for bus counts started getting bigger because everyone needed IEMs now, everybody. It wasn't just the band. It was the 12 dancers needed separate mixes and all that stuff, so it got a little hectic. So Profile couldn't keep up anymore. So obviously, it made sense that we jump into something that can keep up, and hopefully, be able to do more than just keep up, right? So yeah, I mean, th- that's kind of how it came about. I mean, how I ended up on the team in itself is another interesting thing. I was touring 52 weeks a year, or sorry, 49 weeks a year. There are 52 weeks. <laughs> so it was like somehow I'd have 21 days spread across the year off, and that's a lot. It's enough to burn you out, especially if you do it for a couple of years. Yeah. and. I probably wasn't taking care of myself in the way I should, you know, taking the breaks I that, understand that now I would absolutely take. But yeah. I was getting burned out on the touring side. And I had told somebody, I was like, I just don't want to tour anymore. Somehow my name got passed into the Avid team. And they said, would you be interested in being a product manager? I was like, I don't know what that is, but yeah,
1: cool. Sure, <laughs> try it, let's do it.
2: <laughs> and we did like all these phone interviews and I, I swear it all worked out. I mean, first of all, because I know audio and I know the customer base. But I swear it worked out because the whole time I was like, "There's no way I'm getting this job. There's no way I'm getting this job. I don't know anything about product management." So all the phone calls were like, "I was just hanging out with friends and we were just chatting and just geeking out." Yeah. And then eventually it came to, uh, "You want to fly to California and like have an in-person interview?" And I was like, "Oh man, this is serious." Yeah, that's real. I bought a book, like Handbook of Product Management, read it on the flight, <laughs> underlined a <laughs> hundred things, and then you know went through. It all worked out, and. Since I've learned a ton, a ton about, you know, prioritization and how products are built and how things get shipped and certifications in different countries. And there's so much to it that, you know, had you told me when I was just mixing records that I'd be doing this, I'd be like, I don't even want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) But now I look at it, I'm like, it's really cool because all of my friends are mix engineers, all of them. And now I get to see this as like, I kind of get to give you back something cool that makes your day easier, your life easier, your life more fun. Yeah. And also, all of my hit them up all the time. I say, what do you want a console to do that it doesn't do yet? And they'll just text me something. and be like, cool. Hey, man, check out the software release. It does that now. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. Well, I was going to talk to you about updates. Uh, I know you, you guys can send out as many as seven a year. Yeah. And this yeah. last one, uh, it came in. And the guys started loading them into the boards. And and I was with Greg and Greg Price and Brad Medix and they were kind of saying, wow, this this last update is dense and just chock-a-block chock full of all kinds of interesting, good things. And uh, they were kind of excited when they heard that you were coming on the show, because I, like I, I mentioned before, they tend to call you quite a bit when they need you, <laughs> which is, you know. Yeah, I can answer
2: all their questions now, but yeah, they yeah. never need well, to call well, you
0: guys, you, yeah, <laughs> did you get in on the barbecue? I don't know if you came in time for oh, that. Oh, man. No, you, yeah, today, uh, Greg Price uh, was kind enough to throw us a barbecue, which was super super sweet of him, chicken and ribs type of thing, and uh, it was very enjoyable. But uh, I was talking to him yesterday, I was writing another show we did yesterday, mm-hmm. and he came in and said, you know, um, uh, Ryan O'John's coming in tomorrow at one. I said, how the hell is he, how, how is that happening? And he said, well, I, I asked him because I knew he was coming in. And I said, no, 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 I, ha- I had him first. Because <laughs> 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 no, there's a thing about people getting here too early and it kind yeah, of messes yeah. with the, the, the formula of the show. And I said, "All right, then you keep them in your space, and you you get the most out." of him. And He said, "Oh Proper yeah." Proper quarantine. <laughs> yeah. And so I noticed because uh, me and you didn't talk today until about six twenty-eight. Yeah. Uh, and I that was intentional uh, from both sides. And um, they really they really worked you over. They had you from um, about two o'clock till, like I said, six twenty-eight. Really getting in your head. A couple of hours. And and I yeah. know that we're really impressed with the. Um, with the updates, and I know they had a batch of questions for you that you went through, and I know Mr. Thomas also and Mr. Brown, um, all uh, you know aspiring 6 l badasses, and we got Mr. Dama behind the curtain here, uh, who's pretty much everybody's engineer. Uh, he was on the show a couple weeks ago. Seven pages I had to read <laughs> in alphabetical order of yeah. all the people he's worked with. It's ridiculous. It's an incredibly talented guy. Uh, let me ask you about um, this one. I, I thought was fun. Um, so, of course, the great Greg Price, the one that we had the barbecue with today, is also Ozzy's uh, mix engineer mm-hmm. and uh, Black Sabbath, pretty much for a, a large chunk of their career, right up to the end, he did the end show, yeah. uh, the whole bit. And you were out with him as a front house assistant. How was that like, I mean? It was
2: intimidating.
0: Yeah, a little bit, right?
2: <laughs> well, so Also, some context for how that happened, right? Talk to me. Greg was trying to, or Greg was going to switch to SXL, mm-hmm. and he was on a profile. Mm-hmm. but. It had maybe come out, I don't know, um, three weeks prior. You know, brand new products. I mean, he
0: was probably a little we, we like
2: you know, letting this stuff run its course, making sure it's good, sure. You know, super comfortable before we update, or before we run stuff, right? Yeah. So he was in the same boat, right? So he had his profile, and he had a show, and uh, there was the SXL. And it was about trying to figure out how to get him over to the SXL and have him be comfortable there, but also have this profile there just in case and kind of figure it out sure so I was kind of kind of showing them around it while also just you know making sure everyone felt technically comfortable and also teaching the rest of the team around it Mm -hmm. so for me it was kind of fun because while he'd be on the SXL I hopped on the profile and I'm mixing the show in headphones and he's mixing the show for the show and I remember there was a couple spots too where we switched desks back and forth so at that point just to hear the difference the sonic difference between you know the profile versus the SXL so for a moment I was like Sweet, I'm fricking mixing black sabbath
0: that's a thing that's awesome. a real deal
2: <laughs> but also just sitting at front of house at that show mm-hmm. and you know for me uh, through the Avid connection I have now connected with so many like absolute top of the top engineers oh, I bet. and I mean I'm really fortunate in that now that I'm connected with them and you know we all trust one another that's also turned into them handing me gigs here and there, too. So for me, for a mixer perspective, I've also gotten to work on some really, really awesome stuff through the connections um, through Avid. Uh, but yeah, that, that gig was, it was intimidating, especially because the whole crew had been there for forever. Yeah, that's right. And they've known each other for forever. That's correct. Super sassy with each other. They are, and they're like, "You're the young new tech guy. We're gonna rag on you." And and I look younger than I am.
0: You're the you're the NFG baby. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
2: And you know, and this is not a rag on any of the crew, but a lot of young people come in, you know, fresh fresh blood or whatever, that know nothing but you know plugins and Pro Tools and all that, and you get ragged on a bit they so, will eat
0: you for lunch at yeah. least for the first little while Absolutely. part of that is the weeding out now you know totally, this. Totally. Uh, the, but there's always when the kids come on board something that important that, that that much tradition behind it you're not gonna we need to know that they're gonna act well in the when the fire lights up Absolutely, you know and, yeah. and so so you want to give them a little heat in early days just to sort that out um do you mind if i um, i was i have a question for you but i wanted to something came to mind uh, in the house today is also our dear dear friend bernie broderick and we were sitting here pre-show talking about the rig behind me which of course the the adaptive uh mm-hmm. eaw anya system yeah and you mentioned uh, i didn't know this but you mentioned <laughs> you mixed on this on its first incarnation out at coachella
2: yeah the first gig it was out i think it was 2013 coachella yeah it, either 12 or 13. right in there um and this was in the tent uh and i guess the intent was the pun the intent was that they wanted to keep the sound inside of the tent, right? Rather right. than let it bleed Mitigate, the they next were to trying it. to yeah, mitigate, yeah. exactly, yeah. And, um,
0: Which is what this claims to do. And it, it does it really well, but... If you know how to
2: drive it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But I remember, so this is the first gig that this is there, and I think this is also the first time the artist I was with, uh, I believe it was Alan Stone, oh. I believe it was the first time he was ever doing a Coachella, and he had a pretty big single out at the time. Yeah, And, you know, that's the stage will have, I don't know, 12 bands on it or something. We were like number seven or eight, mm. so we were pretty late in the evening. So I get there in the morning, uh, come in, say hi to everybody, um, and they go, "Hey, this is the new PA." You know, they've got a couple of EAW T-shirts, and right. there's a few EAW texts. there going, "You know, this is a new PA. You're going to be one of the first people using it. Uh, you know, please tell us what you think about it afterwards." And blah blah blah. I'm like, "All okay. right." So
0: I'm immediately scared, I would think. Immediately a little scared, and of yeah. course <laughs> I walk
2: right up to it, and I'm like, "It's not in a J. What yeah. the hell's going it on?" Does, does it doesn't. The box is straight It's gigantic. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, "All right, we'll we'll see how this goes." Let's do it. So I've got, you know, six, seven bands to wait for before we get to go. So, you know, I F off and go hang out at Catering for a little bit. And I'm like, okay, a band should be playing. Let's go hear the PA. And I come out and I'm like, oh, my God, this sounds rough. Yeah. Like, it's it's is this is not good. Yes. I was like, all right, you know, maybe it's just a band. I'll come back for another one. And I left and, you know, hung out with, the, you know, with, with my friends or whatever. Come back two bands later, I'm like... Oh, this also sounds rough. <laughs> of course I'm freaked out. I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, is, is there something wrong I, with this PA? Is our show going to be point, terrible, think, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I remember it gets up our time to, to line check. And I know that the time was really short. And usually on, on gigs like that with as many stages, mm. you can't actually put stuff through the PA, right? Because you don't want to be bleeding while, while other bands are playing. That's great. So I throw on my cans. And um, through the shout, I, I just say, you know, just, just play a song. Um, Just start playing a song, and I will make sure we're gained. Because we were carrying all the other stuff, and I had my shell files. So in theory, I should have been pretty close. Right. Uh, So they start playing through it. I kind of trim a couple things, I think, because we had to swap some DIs for some other stuff. So the levels were a little different. Yeah. And um, I believe I had my file set up where the matrices are feeding the PA. So I had the matrices muted. So in my cans, I could actually hear the full mix. And I'm like, cool. It sounds like what I expected to. All right, cool. And um, I feel a tap on my shoulder. And someone's like, oh, you can put it through the PA if you want. I was like, Really? really? You sure? And they're like, yeah, okay, all right. So I, I pull down the mains, unmute it, and I go, oh my God, this sounds awesome. Wow, this is great. <laughs> all right, guys, we're good, 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 cool. Yeah. And I was like, what was, what was going on with all the other bands before us? And they're like, oh, nobody had a show file. And most of them didn't know how to use the desk. They were just kind of figuring it out. I was yeah, like, winging it. Oh, well, I guess that is what it sounded like. It sounded like you know, things weren't very dialed, but the rig sounded stunning.
0: Yeah, if you come to it correct. And, and you did, and then you have an ear, and yes, it, it's it's definitely a, a rig that uh, it, it helps if you got some chops that, that you show up with, and then in, you can work with it, and it right. will you know tweak it in well, just it's, it's that like, sweet spot. it's like
2: any time you put a microscope on on what you're doing. Yeah, if you're not. If you're not really dialed in, that microscope's just going to make it look terrible. Yeah, and right. in some ways, I feel like this rig kind of does that. You know, it, it makes it really clear It will clear show what off the doing. blemishes
0: in your game if <laughs> there's some. Um, exactly. Yeah. It, does,
2: it doesn't have the smiley face. It no, doesn't, doesn't hide it, you no, know?
0: No, 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 no. But, but at the same time, you've, you've got to, you know, like you said, mitigation-wise, you're in some place and you need to get under the balcony and you yeah. need to drop it at, at 280 feet. And this thing can, you know how to talk to it. Yeah. It can do magic. I mean it, it really is one of the most advanced pas in the world and and I get to send a shout out to my, my dear dear brother Bernie Broderick and his team for for creating it we've, we've put it in to good of, used it to good effect in places oh, yeah. where yeah. there was no getting away with you know noise pollution creeping into the neighborhood right and and pulled out some big shit that normally couldn't have done any other way in yeah. my mind. Let me ask you, I know you spent time at Faultline Studios in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, which do you prefer? Studio time, console development time, working at Avid, or doing live music and touring, and why? Oh, man. It's a tough question.
2: It's a t- so, studio time, I enjoy. Um, I think it's too easy to get focused on little details and, yeah. and, and that kind of thing. I... Trying to get it just perfect. Yeah, you start to get getting those right. you know cobwebs going you, you over. You almost yet. start losing some of the fun and and some of the enjoyment of it. Sure. But if you're really good friends with the guys you're working with, if mm. you're friends with the the musicians, the artists, then you can be real. Yeah. Um, but I always hated being in, and and this was the case in Faultline. I was the house engineer, and a band would come in that I didn't know. They'd come in, they'd play some take, and they'd go, "Was that good?" And I'd go. Yeah, uh, How yeah. would I know, really? But, but, yeah. but, but the, the problem was is that you know, I've, I've played guitar since I was five. If a guitar player came in and did a take that I was like, man, it's okay. It bothered me that I'm like, I could play that better than you. <laughs> but you could never say it because it's politically not really great to do that if you're the guy at the studio and you're the artist coming in. So that sure. used to bother me to no end. I bet. Um, but then between the console design stuff and the touring stuff, they're, they're totally fulfilling in different ways, right? The console design stuff, I almost see it as like a gift to my friends. And it's a cool way to kind of advance technology and do something that maybe has a lasting impact, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of a longer term fulfillment. The show itself though, the emotion you feel when there's 30,000, 50,000 people surrounding you and you do this and they respond to it. Like, you know that your fingers are in control of their emotional response. And that's kind of amazing. It's like a drug. It's a definite drug. And where it gets (laughs) even cooler, though, is I tour with the console I designed. And that in itself is also a bit of a a mindfuck. Yeah, that's that's heavy. Um, So every time I also go do a show, I'll go mix the band. But then somehow it also comes up, they're like, oh, Oh, you designed that? Well, here, I have a bunch of questions about it, too. So oh, every I gig I do turns into like a training
0: session, too. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. So yeah. preference-wise, you can't land on one. Would you say it's between the Avid job and the, the touring? It's but right, just because it's right Avid-
2: between those two. I mean, I'm really fortunate that Avid lets me tour while I work for them. Um, you're, because a, you're a freaking walking billboard, I mean. <laughs> It would
0: be crazy to not have you yeah, out there yeah, representing the gear, doing it by showing them what it can do. Yeah,
2: you know? I mean it, mean, it means a couple things, right? One, hopefully people get to hear a good-sounding show on our product, right? right? That's great. Exactly. It's unfortunate. And I've, I've done this a couple times where I've been like, oh, someone's using our, our desk. I'm going to go out and check it out. Oh, it sounds rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one, there's that. You know, hopefully there's a good-sounding show on our product. Two um i get to help people out that do maybe need some training people mm-hmm. from sound companies like when i go do a gig in i don't know sao paulo we'll hit up all the regional folks there and say you want to come out to the gig we can just talk through some of the stuff that you guys are trying to figure out with your product or whatever you know help them out mm-hmm. but uh 3 i also get to connect with all the other engineers you know when yeah, you stop touring kind of you stop staying in touch with yeah. not just the people but also like The way the market is changing and the way the requirements are changing and what's happening you know like years ago there was no playback and if there was it was two track and then it turned into eight channels of playback on a radio now everyone's got to play audio 12s and it's minimum 12 and like now ltc's in everything it's like you, you watch it grow um and i think if i wasn't out all the time doing gigs i probably wouldn't follow the growth in the same way,
0: you know? So it really complements each other.
2: Yeah, yeah, it really does. Uh,
0: we're lucky to have you out there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're lucky to have you just at the end of a phone line. It's been, been a quite quite a good I, thing. I love it, man. It's, it's, it's fun. Talk to me about, um, I believe she's an English gal, uh, mixing with Jesse J. She's an energetic, kind of a track act, at least one of the times I've interacted with her. Um, but man, she puts on a show. What's it like mixing for her?
2: The show is crazy. Yeah. So mixing for her is, is- I'm, I'm super fortunate, at this point, I've been doing it for years. I think my first gig with her was somewhere around 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of, early on it was off and on. And then at some point it was just on. Um, unquestionably, the best vocalist I've ever worked for. Like, just what comes out of her throat is just stunning. Like, uh, in terms of what I do to it, eh, a little bit of EQ, a little bit of compression. And then that's it. She's, she's a she's on her own. She can belt, yeah, she's um, good singer. So that's amazing um she's also famously hard to work with but i've actually never really had much of a problem with her there's there's a bit of a funny story that i we can kind of circle back to but one of the things i love about working with her is that if she hits a market in one year and she knows she's going to hit the same region like let's say the following year Uh there are certain songs she's not allowed to not play if you will You know, her big hits, right? Price tag's got to happen. Domino's got to happen. Bang, bang, bang. They have to happen. They do. You can't skip them. Not really, yeah. But if she's coming back the following year and she knows it's the same market, we'll do a completely new arrangement. So it's technically the same song, but the music is all totally different, totally different vibe. Like it might have like a little bit of a dub reggae section in the middle of it. Or the other one might have a bit of a, I don't know, big rock and roll section. But they, they change it. So for me, it stays super exciting. So like every year, we usually come back with kind of a new show. Very cool. So that's fun. But uh, the funny story was um, there was this point in time where, you know, artist and management and production can sometimes be a little bit disconnected. That's true. You know, And sometimes certain management teams prefer to be more disconnected. And sometimes they prefer to be less disconnected. You know, when it's really high scale artists, often the artist is kind of in their own bubble and then there's production, and then there's management, and you know, it's kind of different, different areas, if you will. Sure. Uh, in some ways, it's good for an artist because if you change crew, it doesn't affect the artist much, right? So sometimes it feels like they're doing that on purpose. But yeah, there was uh, this one year where we were out, and things from a technical perspective were kind of changing on a day-to-day basis because we had such a complex setup that didn't fit in every room we were going to. Yeah. Right? And that information was being passed on but somehow she wouldn't get it. Ooh. So when the gig would happen, she'd be like, how, how is this all different? What's going on here? Uh, and as it turns out, production management had passed the information on. But just management never actually let her know. Oh, that's right. Anyways, it all kind of bubbled up into the entire crew getting let go. Wow. Right? So the entire crew gets let go um, with the request that we stay to the end of that tour. So, Everybody's I'm sorry. Th-
0: they they told you this not a good idea. <laughs> it's kind of odd. Not so, not a good idea.
2: Well, yes and no, right? So it's basically like everyone's like, "Oh, but you uh, can you guys stay for the next two months?" And we're like, "That's weird. Uh, I, I guess so." We're already out. All right. So so at that point, it's it's kind of like the reins are off, and everybody on the gig has so much integrity for their own job that nobody's gonna screw it up. Good. Playback guy's gonna smash it. Lighting guy's gonna smash it. I'm gonna smash it because I want to. Yeah. But now instead of um, kind of presenting it in a way that fit the guidelines of what we're giving, it's now, do the best show you think is what makes sense. And our lighting guy went ham, and it was awesome. <laughs> and, I, and I mixed it the way I wanted to, and it yeah. was tons of fun. Yeah. Fast forward a year, you know, she had a different production team for a while. Everybody got hired. <laughs> 100% of them, because she, she looked back and she was like, that was the best show. And she figured out it wasn't the crew, so it, was, it was the management. Yeah. yeah but yeah. also, like, w- once the rains come off, everyone's just having fun. I mean, it turned into shit talking between everyone all the time. I love it when that like, happens. Like, the kind of fun crew shit.
0: That's my about. favorite stuff about the job, almost. And
2: those are floodgates you can't close. Nope. So now that we're all rehired, <laughs> we're still just ripping on each other all the time, man. That's
0: perfect. I know when you were back in New York, you mentioned you, you came out of New York. You'd done some uh, broadcast engineering at WUMI. Uh, how did you, like? was that a three or four or five year experience?
2: It's, man, I mean, it was kind of off and on. So I, I, did, I did radio stuff in Boston even before I got to New York, and then I did some stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a way to just stay in audio yeah. um, in a time where I think, I think when I was doing that in New York, I think I had just moved there and I didn't really have connect with everybody yet. So that kind of came up and I was like, OK, cool. We'll do that while we try and figure out the rest of what I'm going to be doing with sure, my life. Sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, I keep mean, it, your chops up. a bit of a stopgap and, yeah, keep yeah. my chops up and just staying yeah. in audio and, you know, doing something that I knew something about, you know,
0: a little sterile, though, a little uh, corporate. Yeah, it
2: it wasn't fun, to be honest. And it's not because there was anything wrong with any of those radio stations. It's just not the same kind of excitement, especially if you've done things like shows. Sure. It's hard to go back. I mean, even doing records. You do a record, you have a great time, the artist goes, this is awesome. Then it goes out into the world, and maybe you'll read like a review on some magazine that'll say, this was good, but they'll talk about the songs. Nobody ever goes, the mix is amazing.
0: Occasionally, but it's rare. It's really rare. Yeah, and when it does happen, it's usually, you know, yeah.
2: Yeah, right I'm but, with you but and, and even if the mix is amazing they go the band did a great job and it feels good right, right, right. it's about the emotional translation whereas the live show in the moment you can see the response that's you right. see you see the 50,000 people like feeling the energy that you yeah. are helping the band put out you know
0: immediate gratification
2: yeah so I, i'm basically ruined now now that i've done this yeah, on right. a large scale it's so
1: hard to go back <laughs> to.
0: <laughs> i would say between that that immediate gratification thing when when you see it when you you're in the pocket and the proof is in the pudding all around you yeah you know you got thirty thousand people sixty thousand eyes and you see them feeling it and swaying to that that's pretty um, that and the travel it's addictive yeah you know coming off the road when you get, in my case getting a little older for me it was it was hard stuff but it made sense after the time back stuff right. you know at some point you let the young guys come up but but yeah I get I understand exactly what you're saying. Talk to us about your time working with Sir Paul McCartney. Uh, what did you do for him? Were you front of house? So, so
2: that was a similar thing to what I did with Greg. OK, so Pab, uh, Paul's front of house guy, mm-hmm. was also switching over to the SXL. So I was in there in their rehearsals, uh, center staging and got to hang out with the band, got to hang out with Pab, meet the whole crew and all that sure. for, I don't know, a week or two. And then we went out on the road and uh, maybe three or four weeks yeah. and similar to Greg, there was a profile and an SXL. And I was mixing the show on a profile, and he was mixing it on an SXL. And every once in a while, we'd just swap back and forth. And if he ever had a technical issue or whatever, I was there to kind of like guide him through it. Um, That one was equally intimidating. I mean, it's Paul McCartney, man. Yeah. It was kind of cool, though, because like they'd have a set list. It would be like 35 songs, right? Huge amount of songs, right? Yeah. And then even in the midst of that, he'd still call an audible and they just start playing something.
0: It's the great Paul McCartney. I mean, it's amazing. See, <laughs> I mean, his thing is, like, I was it's there with the band in rehearsal. Like, they <laughs> yeah. know
2: 300 songs, something if not like that. more. It's yeah. crazy. And like he'd be like, let's songs. start this one and they just start it,
0: right? That's badasses, though, so, you know, serious hard guys. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. But being in front of house and having them call the audible is one of the funniest things ever. From the audio perspective, you're kind of there, and you can sort it out, right? And sure. then you know, you find the snapshot, you get to it, you whatever, you're okay. Yeah. But lighting and video. Oh, I bet Them the trying, edge. them trying to sort out the audible <laughs> was. Amazing to watch. I mean, they did a great job, Uh, and no one in the crowd would ever know. But you just see this ten seconds of absolute mayhem happening. Yeah,
0: yeah. no. See, and we enjoy that probably more than we should because. Oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) I I mean, we it's cowboys and Indians. Let's be fair. You know, audio gets lighting, and the idiots—they're all on
2: their own. And like we enjoy watching them stress out. Yeah. But if everything actually went down, we wouldn't be happy either. We don't want it to go down. We just want to see a little bit of the fire under their ass. Just just a little
0: bitty bit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for me, it's. Especially in the video section, I really love to see them. <laughs> right, right. Hey, listen, I I'm, I'm interested in this. Uh back in the punk rock days and a uh, little beyond. Um we used to stop at a place that you were you were uh an engineer at. You were at the famous uh, Irving Plaza oh, in New yeah. York. What's up with that, buddy?
2: Oh man, I love Great that Great
0: venue. Spot. I mean it's you know it's the
2: loadings. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: awful. But 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 just as the history in it, it's so it's like the warfield or it's yeah. just it just has that it just reeks of everything that's come before it, you know. Oh, totally,
2: man. And and it's it's a fun room to mix too. I mean, the way that kinda came about was um you know, I had done a bunch of shows in there, mixing bands. Sure. And then when, when I decided I was gonna kinda settle in New York and stay there and hopefully tour less or whatever it may be that we always tell ourselves. Yeah, the lies. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I I happened to come in through there with some act and yeah. um, you know, I said, you know, I would love a house gig here. And they're like, oh, well, we, we kind of have space. So if you want to kind of slide in and do some stuff, okay. uh, come do it. And I lived, I don't know, it took me 15 minutes to get there from my house. So it wasn't bad. And like, kind of perfect. Everybody there is so nice. There's such a good bunch of people. Yeah. And also the vibe of the place is like a we are one crew, That's as right. opposed to these are union loaders. We can't touch your gear. Don't touch anything. Like, yeah. you know, the kind of thing that New York often has. Very common there. Yes. Um, So it was kind of nice that it always felt like one team of everyone, like, yeah, you know, this loading sucks and it's through a stupid elevator, but you know what, we're all going to do it together, we're going to unlock the thing, we're going to get it in, we're going to figure it out. And we're going to have a great show. And the vibe was always really good. That's right. Um, So it was really nice working there, man. And... You know, they also stayed busy. Irving was busy all the time. All the time. So it was almost never a dark night, you know? so I would
0: say they would do 290 a year, at yeah. least, I would think. Yeah. yeah, yeah so it was, it was a, a
2: good spot to be in if yeah. you were home, you know? Yeah, everybody coming
0: busy. on the way up would stop in, and everybody on the way down. And then some, in the, some <laughs> I mean, in, the, in the sweet spot, too. And, yes. and
2: that in itself, actually, was was one of the tough things about Irving. Yeah. yeah. Is that yeah? People on the way up, they were always great to deal with. Right. But some of the people on the way down, a little tougher. we a little bit harder <laughs> to deal with, right? There's, there's, they're trying to bring in <coughs> staging for a show that should fit on seventy feet wide. Right. And Irving's what? I don't know, 60 feet or something. With monitors yeah. up in a thing, it's right. like. But everyone would insist, no, no, no. We're bringing it all in. We we, we did can it jam it in show. there. I
0: brought a shoehorn. Yeah. It was like <laughs> so
2: so that was always interesting. I mean, it, yeah. it certainly helped me learn to deal with tough people better.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know? Well, psychology, the part of our game is, uh, that goes, I think, somewhat unrecognized, or at least not spoken about much, right. is the psychology of the game. Amen. You know, when you're, when you're the guy up front, or you're running you're the house guy, the psychology and how to interact with people can really make or break you. And it's, um, it's, a, big, it's a really natural, good skill to have yeah, there, if, if you have
2: it. There are, there are two big phrases that I always lean heavily on. One of them is, tw- two hours of the day is the show, mm. 22 hours of the day is the hang. Yeah. If you can't hang, doesn't matter if you're smashing it at the shelf, right? Good so that's, that's the psychology part, right? Yeah. You, gotta do, you gotta be best friends with your crew. You gotta be okay to live with, all that stuff. That's you, know? right. you gotta present stuff right. That's right. But then the other thing I usually say to people, especially if it's like people kind of coming up and trying to figure this stuff out. Uh-huh. It's not necessarily what you ask, it's how you ask it, Sure. right? So
0: we'll give you- a Presentation example. means a lot. Yeah. yeah,
2: but- It goes a long way. You know, I'll, I'll be at front of house, a gig will have just ended, and someone to go, how'd you get your job? I'm like, I hate that question. <laughs> I could tell you. I can tell you the years and you know the years. Sadly too of common a of a question though, isn't it? No yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I understand what they want to know, right? Yeah, yeah. So if we break it down to, you know, it's it's not what you ask but how you ask it, let's let's pick something even simpler. If someone goes, man, your vocals sound great, what do you do? And I go, Well, I have Jesse J so of course I can talk. <laughs> right? But if they asked it in a different way, they go, you know, your vocal it, it had clarity, and even when she was quiet, it was still there, but when she got loud, it didn't it didn't blow my head off. Yeah. Was there something you're doing with dynamics that like, you know, made it work? That tells me immediately, okay, you're an audio person. Yeah. You know it's more than just the source, and that's you right. know something about compression. Now we can have a real conversation and exactly. I can actually tell you something that's probably useful. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the other question that, that may have been the answer they wanted, but since they asked it in a way that didn't imply any knowledge, yeah. I have no context for how to answer it. Right. And it works the same for anyone who's trying to come up in audio. Like, if you ask it in a way that implies the knowledge you have, then not only does do you get a better answer? But you also might get some respect.
0: Listen too. up, folks. Uh, that's some of the best information. I, I, I think we, some of us that have been successful in this and yeah. have gotten there through the uh, on-the-job training and moved up through the game have yeah. uh, figured that out. But that was that's really insightful and uh, very good information for some of our younger viewers to have. Uh, take that uh, into advice uh, into advisement because that is uh, good advice. Um, mixing monitors for Solange Knowles. Any special challenges? Uh, how'd that work out?
2: Well, I think I work for a lot of people who are famously hard to work
0: with. I, 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 listen, I went through and okay, I'll admit this. I sometimes intentionally pick out, you have a very wide resume, so I will pick out some of the arts that are more of a a subject
2: that we can communicate. I have a little bit of a talk about
0: because I'm aware of history.
2: (laughs) So, you know, the funny thing with with Solange is um, (laughs) that I, I don't even remember how that gig came up. I somehow got called to do it. And I remember the first gig I was doing was something for Paris Fashion Week. So I'm flying from New York to Paris, mm-hmm. first gig, first time I meet the band, first time I meet production, first time I meet anybody yeah. is in Paris. As it turns out, most of the band's from New York. So while I'm standing in the airport, I'm like, you guys totally look like a band, because you could tell. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they had like, the little number tags on their bags. I'm like, they're definitely a touring band. I'm like, are you guys with their band? They're like, yeah. So we started chatting. Mm-hmm. So before I even get on the plane, they're warning me as to how I'm going to have a bad day for this gig. I love it. They go, you know, if she flips out at it, you, don't take it personally. It's right. not about you. It's OK. Yeah. I'm like, OK, OK, OK. Uh, now, and I always do listen to the things that people say. But of course, at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I want to get my own impression. Of course. It's Because people react differently to different people. So we get to the gig. And um, you know, it's some private-y thing. And uh, I've got wedges and ears. And I have the whole band there and she's not there yet so i build their whole mixes Uh, i build her a bass wedge mix that is what i would expect her to want sure then i also build her a bass ears mix that is what i expect her to want just based on having done ears for a long time yeah Um, so you know i check the wedges make sure they're just screaming loud great not a problem Um, so she shows up right and at this point band's comfortable and now it's just it's just me and her and i don't need to worry about them okay so I go, hey, Solange, I'm your monitor guy for the day. Um, you know, I flew in with your band from New York. Because I did want her to know that I wasn't just local French guy. Sure. Because you know, that gives it a different kind of perspective. It's the, oh, you got hired by my management to be here, and right. it's more than just random guy. I got you. So I, I, I did make sure she knew that, right? But um, How'd that work for you? It was okay. It was okay. okay but <laughs> the next thing I said was probably the dangerous one. I hand her a pack, and I go, um, I hope I don't fuck this up too bad. <laughs> and and she says to me, "Did someone tell you I was hard to work with?" And I was like, "Yeah." Wow, <laughs> you had a moment, dude. It was a dangerous thing to do. Yeah. It turns out it worked out really well. Sometimes I reverse shit. can. G- in- gig. Well, to be honest, if if I say no, 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 she probably would have Then, then, then I mean, who knows what happens? But at that point, I'm already lying to her. You know, like not I'm, cool. I'm already hiding a bunch of stuff. I, yeah. I just didn't want to do that, right? You did the right thing. Um, <laughs> anyways, gig went all right. I mean, actually, there was problems. Like, the pack actually went out because something happened, but she had wedges. It, it all went fine. In theory, if that was a first gig, it could have been a rough first gig because of these technical issues, right? Mm-hmm. But she didn't perform a lot, also, at the time. Three months later, fast forward, her management calls me, and, she goes, uh, and they go, she asked for you specifically. Wow. She doesn't want anyone else to do it. She wants you to do it. and um, came in, did some other gig, came in, did some other and it just kind of went on for a while and then eventually you know kind of just fell off and I started taking other stuff and it you know never never came back. but it was a really interesting way to kind of fall into a gig and again, I mean I wouldn't say it taught me to deal with hard to deal with people, but it definitely gave me a different perspective on like what hard to deal with is, too, if you know sure. what I mean.
0: Sure. And maybe some new uh, tricks in your bag, how to, how to maybe I'll try approach that again. right from the gate, you know, yeah, and yeah. do it from the gate. Here's a, here's a tricky one. And and I know when I put out the ads for this, now this one, this guy is unfairly targeted. And we've seen this many times in the world of many different artists, usually the the kind of pop poppy guys and then the younger ones. But uh, even in the advertisements, when I advertised uh, who you were and some of your, what you've done, uh, one person said Bieber hard pass no not watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> I said he also worked with Black Sabbath and then he brought him back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? But talk to us about working for Justin Bieber. He was let's let's be fair. He's an extraordinarily talented young guy. Yeah. I and mean, He started in some like 13, 14 doing videos in in Canada, blew up on the internet. Yeah. And somebody signed him up and he got the you know the Mickey Mouse Club training and came out and kicked ass. It, it worked. Yeah. I mean the the kid can do some shit and yeah. doing his shows. And the show did is good. Pretty big goddamn shows. Yeah, yeah. And he's, multi, he's a multi, multi-instrumentalist, right? Yeah, so. yeah,
2: he'll play drums. He'll, he will he plays guitar and a couple things and, yeah. you know, things. Uh, that's an interesting one. So that that gig, first of all, is probably one of my shortest things because I wasn't actually on it as a long-term gig. I mm-hmm. kind of just filled in a bunch of things, right? But the way it came out was I was doing this... Um, I came in to do monitors on this kid, Cody Simpson. Mm-hmm. And then ended up kind of doing front of house. And then Cody Simpson ended up supporting Bieber. And I was doing Monders. And then when we came out and supported Bieber again, I was doing front of house on Cody Simpson. And just through just meeting everybody and stuff happening, Beebs came out and joined on Cody Simpson solo shows here and there. And then it kind of just fell into, I just did a few gigs, right? All right. The toughest thing about that gig is not the, I don't know, 90 inputs or whatever from stage got to be the
0: screaming girls. It's screaming girls. Of course, it's a Beatles problem.
2: It's three songs <laughs> of I can't hear anything but no, screaming girls. No, it's awful. Right. And, and you could argue, OK, yeah. I could put it up over the screaming girls. But that's not that's, that's not really going to help you. No, you know, not it'll not just so make much. them scream longer. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, is that on gigs like that, the the show, like the visual and all that is really high priority. So you can't necessarily do twenty box PA hangs because you're hanging in front of video. Your sight lines. That's so you right. end up with smaller PA than you might want, mm. and flown higher than you might want because you got to keep the, some of the visual of the show like that. Sure. Subsequently, you know, when the kids start screaming, you can just pin it into limit, but you're still not going to get it. <laughs> it is it's not going to do it.
0: Yeah, we saw that with uh, early days with um, Duran Duran, who was a spectacular band life. I yeah. mean, just extraordinary technicians, but. God, I mean, there was just no way. If you were, if you were yeah. 120 out at the front of the house trying to have any kind of you know, interaction with the PA, it was just not going to happen. And the kids, they were just ah, losing their minds. And that's kind of cute and fun. I, but I learned
2: quickly, you just yeah. put headphones on for a couple songs. <laughs> that's and, right. and then you go, all yeah. right, they're yeah. done screaming. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and you kind of get back into it.
0: Very cool. You mix Buster Rhymes uh, and again. Uh, and
2: that was in the studio.
0: Uh, no shit. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of smoke. Could you see him on the other side of the glass? I, I
2: mean. even, even that story is a super interesting story. I got called in. And I again, I don't remember who this was through. I mean, all this stuff I get is through knowing someone that knows someone. And we're just friends. And we like hanging out. So they go, you know what? Call this dude. Yeah. So that gig, they were working on mixing some song. And I didn't even know who it was for. And they're like, we can't get the mix to come together. It just sounds crazy. Do you want to come in and Dial and, it. and get it sorted? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, OK, cool, man. I'll come in came in, and I'm in their studio, and they had, when people are tracking, they kind of set up their session a certain way. Right. A bunch of stuff hits one big compressor, and it kind of just sorts it out. So mm-hmm. you don't end up with a bunch of compressors all over things, all over the place, right? Because sure. for tracking, it's easy. You just add a new vocal track, it's already routed through that one. Add a new vocal track, it's already routed. They started building their mix with all that stuff still there. And it was kind of like fighting against what they were really trying to do. Uh, so I, could- I, ended, I ended up just going in. Deleting a bunch of that stuff, kind of starting it from scratch, like it was a real mix. And I'd get it to a spot where I was like, oh man, all right, cool, this feels really good, sounds good. And, you know, uh, it was kind of management, kind of friends, kind of that. We're all sitting in the room behind me, they were in a separate room. Sure. So I'd come in and it'd be like, all right, you know, it feels really good to me, you wanna take a listen? They'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'd come in, and they'd be like, all right, hit play. And I'd hit play, they'd be like, turn it up. Like, turn it up. No, 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 no. keep it. (laughs) And they literally had um, a PA in the room as well. Like they had, you know, NS10s and like normal studio monitors, but they had a PA in there too. They had
0: supplemented with PA.
2: (laughs) So they'd be like, switch to the PA and turn it up. And I'd just be like, oh, my God, I can't listen to it. So I'd like to stand in the other room, wait till the song was done. I'd come in, they'd go, all right, these are the couple things we want to change, you know, tweak this, tweak this, tweak this, and be like, all right, cool. (laughs) So I'd tweak those couple things, and they'd be like, all right, come, come check it out again they'd want to play the whole song again, top to bottom, yeah. at that same volume. So I'd just be like, and I'd walk out. Yeah, you go have to protect yourself from <laughs> Although, I will say, it did actually teach me something. It's like the idea of how loud you listen to a mix affects how you're going to mix it, right? Mm-hmm. When you listen to something quietly, and this goes for you know shows too, concerts, if you expect your show to be quieter, you can get away with a lot more things in like the low mid range. Right? It just seems to work better because you're not stuffing all the stuff on top of each other, and you're not just pushing out this much SPL. That's right. And you also don't have as much of it kicking off the back of the PA, the bottom of the PA, and all over the place. Of course. Uh, and that's kind of what I got out of that experience. Like, dang, when they turn it all the way up, the, the low mids gets really flubby, and the low end gets kind of different. And it's like... Yeah, it changes it. So after, after a couple times and them playing through it that way, I was like, I, I know what I need to do. Doesn't necessarily mean I need to listen to it that loud, right? But I need to know what it's going to do when they listen to it that loud, right. and I end up tweaking the mix based on how they were listening to it. And then they played it, and they're like, "Sweet, that's it, done."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very uh, insightful. You know, you gotta think they they're, they're going to be playing this at full tilt in the car, and yeah. you know, the the door panel's rattling, and yeah, and that's kind of yeah, and that's how their ears are trained, so. It and, totally yeah. you, you got
2: to mix for your audience i mean now it's more relevant than ever right cuz everyone's doing all these live streams y- you that, you're, you're mixing to to ipod headphones you're mixing to no. iPhones you're mis- mixing to laptops and we're trying to do it with pa mixes we've built yeah we need to kind of adjust them to work on those little things it's like tricky it's definitely different
0: yes 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 um listen i, I, I remember it's just me and you talking right now yeah. so i wanted to ask you just between you and me does Avid have anything in the supply chain, any product in development that you can tell me about? Now, I know if you're, there's a secret, you can just whisper it to me, because nobody's going to hear. Is, is there anything out there we should know about?
2: There is some really, really cool stuff, I think, getting announced in a little less than a week. Really, really
0: cool stuff. In a week, we get to hear? Yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling there's yeah. some, some tricks well, and, in your bag. And there's the
2: Venue 7 software that is already announced, but yeah. just nobody's actually seen yet. Um, that's... Pretty, pretty compelling. It's should, crazy. Said
0: they keep their ears out and their eyes out. Some, some yeah. in, in, for, interesting stuff coming down the pike here in a minute.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, within the, within the venue land. Okay. I mean, so you know, you kind of asked us earlier about you know, avid releasing software releases. Yeah. You know, at the start of this year, this crazy pandemic happened, right? Right. And we had a plan for what we we're going to do on the year, right? As a live sound. Portion of a company. And obviously those plans got thrown out the window, just along with my summer tour I was supposed to be doing this year, and the tour that was supposed to be right after that. So sad. All out the window, right? But, you know, from the perspective of touring engineer, it obviously sucks to lose that work. From the perspective of, you know, working for Avid, it also sucks because revenue disappears. If revenue disappears, it becomes really hard to develop, right? Mm -hmm. But since we had already built a plan for the year, I figured, how do we expand way past this? And every year I do this, I post on a Facebook group going, what's a feature you want to see in our console? And every year I get a couple of responses. This year, everybody was home. Uh-oh. I got like <laughs> 370 responses I can only or something <laughs> crazy like that. that and rough. since we had this kind of flexibility, we are like, well, why don't we just take pretty much every single one of those requests and put it into the software? Nobody else is releasing software because all the competitor companies, for the most part, make only live consoles. They don't get floated by the other kind of parallel departments that exist within Avid. Sure, we are a little fortunate in that way. So, Venue 7 pretty much has, I'd say, 90% of the things that people ask for in that like long, long stretch. Damn, really? Yeah, it's a lot. That is impressive. It is a lot of features, and mind you, probably like. 30 people asked for the same one thing. Another 40 people asked for another one thing. You know, so it's not like it's 300 and something separate requests. I got you. But it but is. you covered a lot of bases it sounds covered like. Covered as much as we physically could in this time period and still get it out.
0: Impressive. I yeah, yeah. very interesting to see that. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier dealing with the endless questions from the the, the Kyle Thomas's and the Michael Browns and the Greg Prices. Um, what's it like having Bob Scoville in your camp as one of your, your training guys and an avid employee? I mean, he's fucking Bob Scoville, you know, or, uh, Robert Scoville. I like to call him Bob because it slightly annoys him. And, <laughs> and, and I love him. So, but uh, how does he, uh, you know, how does he complement the team?
2: He is um, such a technically minded dude he's heavy I but love. like technically minded with a creative goal that's right. which is really cool right yeah usually in in audio folk you find super technical people super creative people the people in between are kind of the gems right and it's not to say that either end of that are not it's that those ones in between are the ones that can go this technical thing allows me to do this creative thing and this is how they kind of merge and he is that kind of dude.
0: That, you, you summed him up in a nutshell right there.
2: But, but you know, he, he also goes in rabbit holes where I'm like, I'm not following you there, dude. I'm not going, I'm not <laughs> I've, also, going I've also
0: heard that critique. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's not to say he's wrong in, in any no, of the things no. he says, right? I mean, some of it, some of what he wants is, it's amazingly detailed and amazingly complicated, yeah. but not, not complicated in a way that is, like, bad. He's
0: methodical. Methodical. He, methodical. That's, yeah, a, that's a much better way to say it. It's his personality. It's his character.
2: It's and, who he is. And and my battle, and this is not a battle with him, but just a battle in general. Sure. Is being able to allow the incredibly technically minded creative folk mm-hmm. to create something that also, you know, uh, volunteer at a church is not going to be overwhelmed by. That makes right? sense. So there's this sure. weird balance. If you want it to be ultra capable. But at the same time you don't want it to be too intimidating. You want someone to be yeah. able to go poke an EQ, turn a knob, right? You know, which fortunately we were able to kind of get these things in there, but like yeah. as we get deeper and deeper and deeper and add more and more and more features, it becomes even more of a balance to like is this still accessible to someone who wants something simple while still being super capable. Yeah. And that's where Robert pushes it. He pushes to the super super capable. He, and I because he is super super capable,
0: so he yeah, yeah. he doesn't know any better, and you know, and we see this, and he's been tra- uh, training some of our, our techs um through your program with mm-hmm. uh, with Sound Image, and it's been incredible. I mean, really, it, it, this has been over many months, and yeah. um, and the benefits, but you see some of the kids. Some of people are just tooling right along with him. Others are just chucked full of questions, and others are, you can just see deer in headlights. They're just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They're just, they don't want to look stupid, so they don't ask the questions. But usually, one of the more inquisitive persons that is maybe a little hung up in the technology will speak up to it, and then yeah. it, in the group, it all seems to work out in the in the yeah. wash. Yeah. But what an asset! I mean, he's he's a sweetheart of a guy. Yeah. He's patient. He's li- you know, very literate and technical yeah. and 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 articulate and um i, I just the, what a what the a good best hire
1: for conversations you conversations with him
2: yes sir are the ones where you disagree oh and boy. then you go like this <laughs> you go like this for 5 minutes and then after those 5 minutes you're like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we found this middle ground, That's and like right. we're we're good. Hug it out, you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, he's big on closing any of those type of moments with a hug out session. So yeah, 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 yeah. now here's a sweetheart. Ah, we, great dude. Yeah, he was my first guest on the show, and 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 then we had him back because that show was a train wreck. And we, <laughs> <laughs> and we had him back, and we had a lot of fun. We, he's a, just a treat. Um, you've been in the business for for quite quite a while now. What do you think the future holds? What What is the future as you see it? For the live entertainment worker, the live entertainment industry.
2: I mean, you know, everyone's trying to do live streams now, yeah. things like that. Yes, that that will fill a temporary stopgap, right? Yeah. But also, right now we're in a pandemic where people are spending so much time in front of their computer anyways because they can't go out and do things. Sure. So you know, ask them to sit for another hour and a half uh, in front of a live stream. Yes, it's a little bit more exciting, but it's still never going to replace a show. Never. You know, so shows will happen. Uh, I don't know the context for how it's going to happen.
0: You don't have a date or time.
2: I mean, none of us do. You know? damn it. I, 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 <laughs> I thought I could
0: give the audience a date and time and now would, I know, right? you know, cheer well, up. Well, I, I do
2: know that there are a couple teams um, working in UK on something similar to what I actually ended up doing uh, a month ago. We I did a live stream with, with, an, with Jesse J. Mm-hmm. And we had this very strict regimen for how people were allowed in and you had to take it you know, multiple coronavirus tests before you were allowed in. Once you passed enough of them for it to be most likely negative, you were allowed in. Once you're in, you weren't allowed out. But, you know, everybody had to do that. So in theory, the room was like reasonably safe. Sure. Right? Mind you, when we did the gig, everyone was still wearing masks and, you know, gloves and stuff. But there's a team I know of in UK that's trying to do something similar where they get quick tests, where they allow people in after they've passed this quick test. Mm -hmm. And the hope is that once they're in, you don't have to wear a mask and gloves because you're in a safe environment.
0: Right, kind of a bubble.
2: It's, it's almost like that's a halo, a yeah. safe space, S- sure, right? Sure, so sure, sure, Even if, and this kind of sucks, even if the, the, the fan has to pay you know, for that test. Right. It still means the fan now gets to be in this safe space and this place where they're surrounded by people that are also safe and surrounded by this music that they love. Like This is the emotion we all want back, right? Yeah. So even if it's going to cost a heap more, it, well, that might, might just be, be the
0: surcharge it. of safety right there. Right. You know, to to be able to have, like you said, to get that 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 special feeling of being in a live it, space it with a live artist. It feel
2: even more special, Yeah. because you know that everybody else also went through this to get into this thing. And we know that, well, hope. We hope that we're all safe in this space, you know? Well, there is something about there's being with be, like There's going to be something people. beautiful camaraderie-wise when these gigs do come back and we all get to kind of be there together. It's going to be something special.
0: Yeah, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> I'm hoping the same exact stuff. Yep. It's been an absolute treat, a pleasure and honor to have you on the show. I really appreciate you coming out, sharing your experience and your your memories uh, with us. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. For me, you've been a little ethereal. I'm usually standing next to uh brad or greg or somebody while they're asking you how to save them and i'm kicking them in the shin and making them feel bad about themselves and it, just just because it's fun it's and a i'm roadie. trying to do the opposite <laughs> you're very well you're very kind obviously <laughs> i would not be accused of that um but it was a great pleasure having well, you on thanks the show. For having thank me, you very man. much really sir. appreciate it very good thank you brother hey listen we couldn't do it without the good people here at, at Sound Image Productions. And uh, we really want to thank uh, George Edwards, the manager of Sound Image Productions, for letting us have the space. And of course, Dave Shadone, the great, great one and only Dave Shadone from Sound Image Southern California and all the Southern all the sound image iterations. Thank you to the many uh, people that queued in tonight. Looks like Charlie. And I'm glad to hear that you're okay, Charlie. That makes my heart feel good. And the lovely Jacqueline Canterbury that's that's my wife. I love you, honey. <laughs> uh, and the, the wonderful Pat O'Doul and my good good friend from Crew Music Asia, Lee TV checked in. Thank you, Lee. Clint, you be well, brother. And uh, we really do do it for you guys. We we you know we miss you all, and we can't wait to get back out there. So this is this is what we're doing right now because it's what we can do. Remember, we mentioned that we're going to do this this benefit coming up. This is a a, a real thing. It's the Big Love Benefit Concert Project to help stagehands and people in the industry. This is coming up mid-December. Um, We're going to start, uh, we've got a, a batch of artists confirmed and and it's all coming together really well. Stay tuned on that. Please check out, uh, in kind of a conjunction with that, check out the Big Love Army page. It's run by uh, Lauren Monroe Allen and Rick Allen of Def Leppard. Uh, they, it's, it's a really sweet, kind place to be and if you you needed your your uh, spirits lifted go over there check them out they would be glad to have you and it's a there's a lot of kind and good things happening the good people over at loving hands for stagehands are offering a similar mission it's a slightly more um it's directly for your techs and uh if you if you got some things on your chest stuff you need to work out there's some people there that are they're having the talk and and it's it's something positive you should check it out um, I want to thank the crew in the shop um the the octopus and the behind the the scenes over here michael brown who does it all and mike we we couldn 't do it without you thank you brother and of course, the great Kyle Thomas you're a badass appreciate you and all the work you do I love you brother I, I love you, man. Uh, happy Halloween to everybody! Be uh, safe out Halloween. there. I'm not sure how you're going to negotiate. That's on you. But uh, be <laughs> careful with the large gatherings and, and make sure you know you uh, lice all your uh, trick or treat goodies. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and uh, we want to thank uh, the good people at um, uh, Slowfiber.com. They provide our custom masks. We wear masks. Uh, you do what you do. We do that here, and uh, they help us out in our different shops too be able to provide those to uh, our different employees so they can feel kind of safe when they're working. Uh, Next week, we have the wonderful, the one and only Jackie Corsetti from Sweet Treatments. Uh, Show the things she brought in. Uh, She makes all these amazing things. So what she does is she's uh, she's an ambiance provider. So for the big shows, if you haven't seen them, when you go backstage, it's not, you know.
1: Do you need to charge your phone in a plant? (laughs) (laughs) Jackie has an item for you. It's, Look how cool this thing is! She well. makes the coolest stuff. I it swear. came from Emerald Cup. I'm pretty sure this was on my stage. That was on your <laughs> stage. I'm
0: pretty sure. But we, she's, she'll take found things uh, like old uh, welding torches and, and a cigar box and turn it into a charging station. And the really cool thing—I mean, it's super, very sweet. She—we're bringing her on. She's providing uh, the ambiance. That, now that's pipe, drape, carpet. Uh, tables, chairs, uh, uh, all these fancy pantsy stuff that makes uh, VIPs feel real comfortable. That's what she does and she is an extraordinarily creative and talented woman. We're gonna have her on next week. Our show is dedicated to kind of highlighting all the different disciplines in the rock and roll game and in the live entertainment industry. And she is an incredibly critical part of that. So we'll have her on next week, 7 p.m. Thursday. Tune in, should be a good show. Until then, happy Halloween. Take very good care of yourself be kind to each other. Good night. (laughs)